come on, let's magnify him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. There's a wonderful spirit. If you have your Bibles, the book of Daniel. Spokane, Washington, one more time. Amen. Daniel chapter 10. And, uh, I feel like the Lord has given me a word. Praise God. The book of Daniel chapter 10. Very familiar passage of scripture. Everybody say amen when they got it. Book of Daniel chapter 10. We'll begin reading at the 12th verse. Bible says, Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, everyone say the first day, for from the first day that thou didn't set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. And I want to preach to you on this very simple subject from the first day day, from the first day. Can we say that together? From the first day. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I feel your anointing on me and I pray that it would cover me, that I might preach to this wonderful congregation. These are your people. They have your name invoked over them. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch and minister to those who are here. And Lord, I pray that before we walk out of this service, people outside of this sanctuary would be touched, healed, delivered, saved, rescued, restored, redeemed. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone shout a healthy amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Give them a great big God bless you. And you may be seated. book of Daniel is one of the most remarkable books of our Bibles. It has encouraged believers for centuries to be prayerful, patient, and passionate about the things of God, even in the event of dark times. In our reading this morning, an angel has come to Daniel, who has now been praying, weeping, and fasting for three weeks. Daniel is beyond troubled. He is troubled about the spiritual condition of his people, as well as the physical location of his people. Daniel's people must repent. In our text, they are currently in Babylon, and they have arrived there because of disobedience. They have been exiled from their motherland and taken captive because they would not obey God. And so now in their exile, God is still challenging them to repent. And Daniel knows that this must happen, but it's not happening. 
And one of the problems facing them is that they live in a country that does not encourage repentance, at least not towards the God of Israel. Daniel knows this fact all too well. Daniel is not just a prophet. He is also a high-ranking government official who has had to deal with king after king that is stubborn, arrogant, and rebellious, not to mention unyielding to the hand of God. Daniel knows that there is a godlessness built into the city where he and his people now live. Daniel can do nothing but weep, pray, and fast. These are not bad things. The Apostle Paul tells us that these things are mighty weapons of warfare. These are not bad options. In chapter 1 and 2, and again in chapters 4, 5, and 6, through prayer and fasting, Daniel watches God humble some of history's most cruel, headstrong, and iron-willed kings. Hebrews 11.33, speaking of Daniel, says that through faith, kingdoms were subdued, righteousness was wrought, promises were obtained, and the mouth of lions was stopped. Weeping, praying, fasting are not bad options. They get the job done. Oh, let's magnify Jesus right now. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house. Come on, let's praise him just for a few seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this 10th chapter, Daniel has hit a wall in the spirit. He has been praying and fasting, but nothing has happened. And that delay is draining Daniel's strength and stamina on every spiritual and physical level imaginable. Daniel needs God to answer. In verse number 12, 21 days have gone by, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appears to Daniel and tells him these three things. Fear not, Daniel, you are greatly loved. And last but not least, from the first day that you set your heart and humbled yourself before your God, your words were heard. I came this morning to encourage someone who is tired, fatigued, and weak from praying for people who do not listen, for praying for situations that do not change, for praying for people who could care less about God, church, and serving Jesus. I came to preach to people who are in circumstances that seem strong-willed, headstrong, and iron. Amen. And that look like they will never change. I came to preach to you that God has been listening to you since the first day you started praying. Come on. Furthermore, I came to tell you what the angel of the Lord told Daniel. Don't be afraid. God loves you. And God is listening. And God has been listening. I came to preach to somebody who's been praying for a son who seems to be getting worse. God has been listening to your prayers since day one. 
I came to preach to somebody who's been stuck in a dead-end job, and it just keeps getting worse. God has been listening since day one. I came to preach to somebody who's in a health crisis, and it seems like you're just getting bad report after bad report. Amen. I want you to know that every day you've stepped into the hospital praying, God has been listening. I came to preach to somebody who's got a husband that will not step a foot inside the doors of this church. God has been listening since day one. I came to preach to somebody whose wife walked out on him and left him with the kids. God has been listening since day one. I came to preach to somebody whose daughter's been living a promiscuous life and it tears you up to look at her. Look at her on Instagram and Facebook. Amen. She's drunk all the time. She's on dope. Amen. I came to tell you that God has been listening since day one. I came to preach to somebody who knows that if your brother doesn't get saved soon, he's going to die. God has been listening since day one. I came to preach to somebody who's been praying for their suicidal daughter and sister. Amen. God has been listening since day one. You got to keep on praying. You got to keep on fasting. I came to preach to somebody whose son is backslid and he's and he's up to his ears in sin. God has been listening since day one. God, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody receive this. Somebody receive this. Somebody who's been praying for their drunk husband needs to receive this. Amen. Because you walked in the doors of this church. Maybe you didn't tell nobody, but you're just ready to give up. You're ready to throw in the towel. And I came... I came with a word from the Lord. You hold on to that towel. Hallelujah. You keep wiping away tears with that towel. You keep praying. You keep praying. You keep praying. It's not time to wave the white flag. It's time to wave your arms in the air and cry out to the Lord one more time. It's not time to quit. It's time to push away the plate one more time and put one more day of fasting into it. Come on. God answers prayer. God breaks strongholds. God can save the lost. God can bring... Oh, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Why is God taking so long? I don't know. How's that? I don't know. But one thing I do know is that when God does it, he does it right. And I will tell you this much, that there are some people, whether we like it or not, they have to be broken down to the lowest level. Because if they don't get broken down to the lowest level, they'll just keep going back to the trash they come from. And God says, I'm going to deliver them and deliver them all the way. But before we can get there, before we can reach the place of deliverance, we don't know just how stubborn people really are. We don't know just how arrogant and hard-headed and iron-willed people really are. And sometimes things have to go all the way to the bottom before they can go all the way back up again. Sometimes things have to hit rock bottom, amen, before God can turn them around. Because when God turns it around, it won't turn back again. When God... Oh, let's praise Jesus right now. Can I tell you 
that transformation is possible. Transformation is possible. You have to believe this for yourself. You have to believe this for your marriage. You definitely have to believe this for your kids. You have to believe this for your friends, for your family, for everybody that you are praying for. You have to believe this for your current circumstance, in your current situation. Things can change. I know that's not very profound for some people, but I want you to know things can change. probably heard me say this before, you know a lot of times we ask God why we're sick when we really should be asking why we're not dead yet. Why am I so broke? Why aren't you bankrupt? Why am I so lonely? Why do you still have two friends? And when you start looking at things from that angle, you start realizing that there's somebody holding you. It might be way at the bottom of the barrel, but at least the hand is down there and it's keeping you. And it's keeping you. And it's keeping... Come on, somebody. Why am I saying all that? I'm saying all that for this reason. When God called Moses out of the burning bush, he gave Moses three signs. The first was a bush that was burning but not consumed. Why did the bush burn but not be consumed? It is symbolic of God's ability to keep us even in the most ardent situations. We might be in situations where we are burning, but the question is why are we not being consumed? We might be in situations where we are surrounded by fire, where everything is lit. But the question is, why are we not consumed? And the answer is, because of his mercy. Because of his, but Brother Prado, I've been praying, and I had one son backslid, and now his sister backslid, and now the third kid is struggling. But you're not consumed. You're still in the church. You can still pray. You can still fast. You can still reach out to God. God can still move on those kids. I don't know. I'm telling you he can. I'm telling you transformation is possible. I'm telling you change can happen. I wish somebody that was backslid several years and came back to the Lord would help me preach right now and encourage somebody that doesn't think it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. God can change. I wish somebody that knows that their spouse prayed them through to church would help me preach right now to show some of these people, amen, that God can change a hard-headed husband and a stubborn wife. And God, come on, somebody. Thank you. Come on, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Do you know why there's people all across this congregation that have transformed? Amen. Hallelujah. Because they are a testimony. They are a testimony to you. They are a testimony to you that God can do it. That oh, let's praise God just for a few seconds here. 
I'm not going to preach long. Hallelujah. God told Moses, you throw that stick down. And when he did, it turned to a snake. He said, pick it back up. Turn back into a stick. Or as the scripture calls it, the rod of God. God said, put your hand in your, in your coat. He put his hand in his coat. When he turned it out, when he brought it out, it was white and leprous. He said, put it back in your coat. He put it back in. And when he brought it back out, it was whole again. Why is this significant? Because God is showing Moses from the get-go, transformation is possible. It's been 400 years since my people, amen, have been imprisoned in Egypt, but transformation is possible. But, it, but it's miraculous. Don't kid yourself. It's going to be a miracle from God. Don't kid yourself. It'll be God that does it. Don't d Make no mistake about it. It will come by prayer. It will come by weeping. It will come by groaning. It will come by... It will, it will come by salty tears and nights of fasting. Amen. But when it comes, it will be the hand of the Lord that will do it. And transformation will happen. It doesn't matter how long they've been in prison. It doesn't matter how long they've been in Egypt. It doesn't matter how far out they are. Change can happen. Transformation can happen. It does not matter how... Cons it doesn't matter... It doesn't matter how lost they are. It doesn't matter how consumed they are in the things of the world. God can bring them out. God can change them. God can. Jesus. I remember several months ago. Uh, Pastor Mayo came and preached for us there in Alameda. And uh, this young girl walked into church. Uh, her sister had been really bugging her, <laughs> telling her, You got to go to church. You got to go to church. You're going to have a guest speaker today. You got to go. And uh, I remember she came in. She sat in the back. She was a mess. She was in bad shape. I, I don't even know where to begin to explain to you how bad of shape she was in. But it was a bad deal. But little did I know that she was backslid. She was not just, amen, off the streets. Uh, but at the time, she was living in San Francisco, and she was just living a real rough life. And, uh, but she had been raised in the church, and uh, her dad was in church. And her dad had been praying, I don't know how many years now. But at this stage in her life, she had already had a son. She was, she was drinking all the time on dope. She was just as out there as it can get. She showed up to one service. One service. Pastor Mayo preached a message, I'm sure he's preaching here, it's called Patterns of Mercy. And he just started talking about how one person can be the change in their family. That girl got a hold of that message. She went home. She put it all on her Instagram account. She started pouring out bottles of liquor on the streets. Amen. She started getting rid of all her drugs. She prayed back through. She lined back up. She got herself right back in line with Jesus. She brings her child to Sunday school. She's been living for God faithfully, victoriously, after years and years and years 
of drug abuse and running around on the streets and suicide and depression and in just one service you know why because God had been listening to her dad's prayers since day one God had been I just believe God bottles prayers up I don't know about you I just believe that God keeps good records I just believe that God has a good inventory and a file amen of all the prayers you've ever prayed and of all the tears you've ever wept and there's coming a day there's coming a day when God is going to answer You know, several, well, probably, we're probably going on close to nine months now. Uh, some of you California transplants, you might know this. Uh, we live in, I, I in particular live in one of the most expensive areas in, in all of California. Uh, I, I live right outside of San Francisco. And uh, in some cases, the real estate where we live is more expensive than San Francisco. Uh, at least it is on the private sector. We, I don't even know what, how many hundreds of dollars we have to pay for square footage in a house. Uh, last I checked, it was somewhere around $400 per square foot in a house. And uh, it's, it's, it's crazy expensive. And uh, we were just cramped into a little building. Some of you have visited us there. We were cramped, and our building wasn't but 450 square feet. And we would just pack it out and pack it out and pack it out. And uh, one day I was, I was on the Internet, and I saw a building that was available. And we went and applied for it, and uh, it was astronomically expensive. It was just way out of our budget, but we felt like God was going to help us. And so we applied for the building, and um, this church gave us an offering. Um, and we got outbid. And the funny thing was that the night I went to go look at the building, uh, a man called me, a man who I'm not even, I, we're, I love him, he's a nice guy, we're, we're, we're acquaintances, but we're not friends per se. I, I, was, I was surprised he had my phone number, put it that way. But he got my phone number somehow. And, and that night, he, he called me and said, you're going to think this is crazy. He said, but I had a dream. He said, let me tell you a story. He said, 20 years ago, I was flying out of San Francisco, and my flight got rerouted. And I drove down this long road in, this, in, in the city where you live, because there's an airport right down the road. And he said, I, I remember this road. He even told me the name of the road. He said, and you were in the car with me. He said, and we were talking, and you were showing me a building that you were in and having church. He said, and from the front door of that building, you could see all of San Francisco. This man, this man could not have known any of this. And the building that we were applying for was just that. It was on that road. And when you open the front door from our Sunday school room, there's huge windows in our Sunday school room. You could see all of not that the kids care, but <laughs> we want the kids looking the other way, actually, to, to be very frank and honest with you. <laughs> you can see all of San Francisco. And I thought, how could this guy know this? And I'm, we're, 
we're, we're texting back and forth. And all of a sudden, I start getting another text. Brother Mayo. And this is at 10, 11 o'clock at night. And Brother Mayo's not up at 10 o'clock all the time. He's, I love Bishop Mayo, but we just know he goes to bed early. And, uh, and he wakes up early, praise God. But, and he starts texting me. He says, he says, Brother Prado, we just took up an offering for you. And I said, you're not going to believe this. I'm, and I'm, I'm sending Brother Mayo all the pictures of this text message I'm having with this other guy. Brother Mayo says, I, I really believe you're going to get this building. And I said, I, I'm believing God. I'm, I'm believing we're going to get it. And we get outbid by a yoga studio. I mean, this building was so expensive, I'm, I, I just know there's not that many people paying for yoga. And so, we get outbid. I was devastated. I cannot tell you how devastated I was. Uh, I, I told Brother May, I said, I, I don't know what happened. I, I've never received a prophetic word like this and it not come to pass. There's no way you guys could have known. There's no way this man could have known. Nobody knew. I had gone to look at this building by myself. My wife did not even know. And, and Brother Mayo said, you know, just, just be patient. Sometimes things just have to work out. Three months go by. When I tell you, I was looking for buildings every month. We, we did not fit in our building. Our, our children had to have Sunday school outside. We had a little tent set up outside. All our kids had to have Sunday school outside. It was embarrassing. It was bad. I, I went to the pulpit every week feeling so bad. The people had given all kinds of money, and I thought, man, everyone's going to think I was just looking for a pay raise. We applied for building after building, and agents would turn us down, and they, it got so ugly. It was bad. The last time I preached here, a month or two ago, you guys prayed for us, that God would give us that building. When I got home, I opened up Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> I opened up Craigslist, and that building that we originally had been looking for had become available. The yoga studio couldn't find enough people to do yoga, and they broke the lease. Come on, somebody. Eight months later, but since day one, but from the first day, I said, but from the first day, you know what? That landlord, he had just had a lease break on him. He was, he was desperate to come after those people that broke that lease. He wanted every dollar he could get his hands on. I called him. I said, hey, we're interested in renting your building. He said, "Is that? are you guys that church? I said, we're that church. He said, come on over right now. Cut the check. I'll give you the keys. It's all yours. Come on. 
Come on. Our first service, we had to already open up the overflow and it was filling up. Come on. Somebody praise Jesus right now. I came to tell somebody that from day one, from day one, God has been listening. From day one, Brother Prado, our family doesn't fit in this house anymore. From day one, God's listening. Come on, we don't fit in this car anymore. From day one, God's been listening. Come on, I don't even have money to fix the brakes on my car. From day one, God's been listening. I'm telling somebody right now. Somebody praise Jesus right now. hands and just pray right now for a few seconds. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 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 I don't want to over-dramatize this. But I have to let you know that whatever it is you're praying about, whatever it is you're waiting on, Whatever it is that's taking years, months, weeks, if it's good, if it's from God, if it has a word and a dream and a scripture behind it, the devil's going to fight you for every square inch of it. God gave you that child, the devil's going to fight you for that child. If God gave you that marriage that's now gone awry, the devil's going to fight you for that marriage. If God has promised you, he's going to bring you out of a situation. And some of you have been promised that. Some of you know beyond the shit. You would bet your life on it that God spoke to you. Just know that, that that blessing, that answered prayer doesn't come without a battle. That soul, that situation, that circumstance has a battle appendix to it. But the good news is this, you're not fighting alone. The Bible says that we are, we are surrounded by an innumerable number of angels. You're surrounded. You're surrounded. You're surrounded. But birth the problem, then why isn't it coming to pass? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. God knows. Amen. But I'm telling you that when it comes to pass, it'll be a perfect work. It'll be done precisely the way it needs. It'll be fine tailored. It'll be. F- 
Let's praise the Lord just for a few seconds. God is speaking to somebody right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I finish with this. Book of Isaiah tells us, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm serving notice on that lying spirit that's telling you that you're getting weaker every day. I'm serving notice on that lying spirit that tells you that if it doesn't happen now, you're going to quit. Because you don't have the strength to see another day. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, they that wait shall renew their strength. Waiting equals strength. I said waiting equals strength. Waiting results in strength. Not your strength. The strength of God. Not your might. The might of God. Not your power. The power of God. Not, come on. Let's stand. Jesus. Jesus. I feel such a visitation of the Holy Ghost here right now. Jesus. I know it's December. I know, how, I, know how, I know how we start thinking in December. But you know what? Why can't our son or our daughter come back to God in December? Why can't our backslid relative or spouse come back to God in December? I know there's a lot of festivities and a lot of celebration. I think you could fast one day in December. Hallelujah. I, I, think, we could, I think we could still keep our prayer life in the middle of celebrations. I think, I think we can have a Holy Ghost-filled Christmas. I believe that as your relatives are gathered there at your house, eating, opening gifts, the Holy Ghost can move. And would just seem like another Christmas turns into a heart-to-heart -heart talk. And bottled tears get cracked open. And prayers start getting answered. I'm telling you, I can see it right now in the Holy Ghost. If you'll receive what I'm saying. I'm speaking to a woman right now. Your son's coming in from out of town for Christmas. I believe he can pray through right in the living room. I believe he can repent right in the living room. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Let's lift our hands and pray. Let's just pray right now.
Jesus. if you feel to, I would step out of my seat. I would stand in the aisle or I'd come to the front and I'd lift my hands up and I'd pray. Because the portals of heaven are open. The windows of heaven are open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perhaps it's you standing in the need of prayer. Perhaps you've been praying. You've been praying for a change in your own personal life. You're not happy with who you are. And you're wondering if you're ever going to do things differently. Come on, transformation is possible. Ta da 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 da